TEFL Commute, Season 3, Episode 2, in which we discuss everything from A to Z about the alphabet. You're listening to the Tevil Commute Podcast. Hey, Sean. Hi, Lindsay. How are you doing today? Fine. How are you? Oh, well, I started the podcast with a bit of Ray Charles. I mean, you can't really not be anything but happy after that. I know. What a great little bit. What was that on? It was, I think it was, it was a Sesame Street. You know, the, the, um, I think when you think about alphabets, I always think about Sesame Street. And there's so many famous singers have done the alphabet song on, uh, on Sesame Street. But for me, the Ray Charles version is just, you know, the definitive version of the alphabet. Wow. Well, if there are actually, we probably should mention if there are listeners who, for some strange reason, are not familiar with Sesame Street. It was a famous uh, PBS show, public broadcasting service show for kids in the United States. That's still running, isn't it? Is I think it's just restarted again. Yeah, yeah. Well, something that Sean and I pro- and most English-speaking uh, native English-speaking people will have grown up on. Right. So how you learn your alphabet and your numbers, isn't it? And you, yes, and, exactly. With Sesame Street. And, and cookie monsters and things like that. So um, so, so what uh, do you have for us about the alphabet? What are well, we gonna... I'm, I like the alphabet. I mean, I, strangely enough, a couple of years ago, I did a plenary talk about the alphabet. So I did quite a little bit of research into it uh, 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 um, with the ABC, I think, song. Um, and people don't realize the AB, that, that's, that song itself is actually based on a riff by Mozart. So there you go. Really? Yeah. It's it's it originates uh, via Mozart, but it was first copyrighted, uh, if you like those kind of things, in 1835. Um, so that song's been around quite a while. Um, and uh, Is it like the birthday song, that if it's copyrighted, that means that you need permission? Or I believe so, although it? the birthday song's no longer copyrighted, is it? You you don't have right. to. They removed the copyright last year, if I remember, so you can actually sing it and not pay anybody royalties. Um <laughs> Uh, well, if it is still copyrighted, then the family of Charles Bradley will be uh, will be quite minted because he's the man that uh, that copyrighted it. Um, so wait, wait, wait a second. This Charles Bradley, where was he from? America? Or yeah, was he... but he's Boston based. He was he's Boston. So at the end of it, it ends with Z, then, right? Yeah, which obviously has got some controversy in itself. Uh, should the alphabet end in Z or Z? Uh, what you, do you you introduce the podcast with A to Z? Is that because? You, That's because I'm that, Canadian, and Canadians. I mean, the Canadians have a mixture, don't they? Though they do, but they the the British English things that they stick to, they stick to like incredibly. So it's like, no, it's Z, not Z. There's, you know, they get very, very uh, fussed about that. And do you know why we have the difference? Actually, no, I don't. Is this going to be one of those things where originally in British English it was Z and that the pilgrims brought that over and then since British English has changed? No, 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 no. That would be uh, funny, but it's not. We we took ours from, obviously from the French, so the, the old French of Z remains Z in English. We, we've had it in 
in the British English alphabet since about the 15th century, whereas when the Americans adopted the alphabet, um, although this wasn't actually, I think it was around the 17th century, um, they rhymed, they they heard it like uh, B, C, D, E, G, and so they added Z to it. And it was uh, Webster of dictionary fame who who kind of put the seal of approval on it in, in 1827. So from 1827, it's officially been Z. Um, wow. There you go. Okay. For all these facts at the beginning. Um, so obviously, um, as I said, I did a lot of research into ABC. One of the things that I found fascinating was, um, you know, um, when you're when you when you're learning English, or if you go on YouTube and look at those videos, you see like A is for B is for. Yes. Um, so A is for Apple. B obviously. is for B. Yeah. Is it a B like a B a bumblebee? Yeah. What would you say? B is for B. I would say for me, B is for ball. Oh, uh, right. B is for ball. Yeah, that's true. Okay. C is for cat. No, clown. And then what you find out, and I always thought that, I, and obviously I learned the alphabet, I learned that as a kid. And what you find out is everybody learned that some in a different way. And then when you really get into it, you find that there are actual Google and Yahoo discussion groups dedicated to hashing out what the, what, what A is for and what B, what B is, is for. for and what D is for. And, and you, you, I think everybody learns it from their school or in their area and they learn it in one way. But actually, when you start to study so it. Do they fight about it? Yeah. There's, there's, like, are they, are they trolling each other in these groups? I well, I don't think they're trolling each other in in the in the sense of the in, in like Twitter and stuff, but there's some. Very, I, this is a couple of years ago when I was in the yard. I joined one of these Yahoo discussion groups. Verbally saying, "No, this is what it should be. That's what it should be." I was actually doing the research because I, I can you remember. Um, um, I think it was last year or the year before on Facebook. No, it must have been the year before on Facebook. The meme, the 21st century alphabet, where A still stood for Apple, but it was a different kind of Apple. Ah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. B stands for Bluetooth, and C stands for. For chat, but it's really interesting. I, 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 I found the alphabet really, really interesting. How many letters are in the modern day English alphabet? Twenty six. Uh, okay, how many were there? Right, you mean there were more? Yeah, no. It, it, again, if you think about where Engl the English alphabet comes for comes from, obviously hieroglyphs were the, uh, were the start. But if we look at where they developed into language in the Semitic uh, language, we only had twenty two letters uh, wow. from it. Uh, bizarrely, obviously, the English alphabet is kind of based on Latinate, yet we took alpha, beta to be the alphabet from Greek. And yes. we enhanced our alphabet by stealing Greek letters. So letters like Z and Y are actually from the Greek to make the 26. But if you go back to the Middle Ages, of course, the, the English alphabet had uh, 33 letters, of which we only la lost the last letter um, just, a, just about 100, 150 years ago. So... Um, you can see examples of the alphabet at the end of the 19th century, which had 27 letters. What was the last letter? The 27th letter is the ampersand, the uh, the and sign that you find on a keyboard on my keyboard above seven. Okay, it, on my keyboard it's above six. Yeah, is it really? That's interesting. Given we both have the same type of computer. Yes. <laughs> Maybe right. it's on the Spanish keyboard. Yeah. Oh, well, that's interesting. Yeah, that's that's another alphabet thing is how the letters are laid out on the keyboard. You have a QWERTY, I suppose. Yeah, yeah QWERTY. W-E-R-T-Y. Yeah. Uh, have you ever tried typing on a French typewriter? Oh, well, I used it's to. It's hell. It's I, hell. <laughs> well, I used to live, obviously, I worked in the Czech Republic for many years, and the Czech keyboard has the uh, V the, uh, yeah, V and the W the wrong, the wrong way around for me. So you just get everything spelt wrong, and Ys and Zs in the wrong place. Uh, yeah, no. It's always a mess. Uh, but ampersand uh, was the 27th letter of the alphabet. And if you Google the 27th letter of alphabet, you'll find that it exists, uh, which which stood for and per se um, originally. And some of my favorite old letters are thorn. Uh, 
I think that's a great name. So A B C D E F G Thorn, <laughs> and Thorn it was the th sound uh, as a letter. And I think these old letters of now we now see coming through as in the in the phonemic alphabet. Um, so it was a Thorn, the th sound. The th- it was a th sound, sound, but the character for it was like a. Um, I think to describe it would be a, with a p, but uh, the the kind of stick of the p goes up a little bit. Um, you'd also get Yogi, which is like the ch sound in Loch. Okay. Um, you get ash, which I think is nice. Uh, that's the A-E sound, uh, the letter A and E together. And then you've got the N sound, which you obviously have in the uh, phonetics. Uh, with with we, the N, like the N with like a like a kind of yeah, like like, a longer yeah. front to it. Like but that would, down. Be, that would be Eng as a letter. It was E-N-G. That's how you would say it. So, I mean, it's... Uh, it is, I think, again, going back to, we always talk about our geek, geekness, but Alphabet is one of those things I, I really like from this this reason. There's so much about it that, uh, oh. that that we don't kind of know. We learn it at school and we assume as what it is, but like anything, it's got a, it's, it's, uh, it's got a great history. And once you know that history and know what it is, you can start, start, um, start playing with it quite substantially. Do you have a favorite letter? I always ask no, students, not, do you have a favorite letter? Um, really? Do, do students say they have a favorite letter? I think it makes, gets them thinking about it. Um, and it's quite a nice like. I've never thought about it. You know, there are, I mean, these days we don't, I, I guess I, I don't write as much, but I think in, in when, when writing was prevalent, you know, when you sort of learn the alphabet and you learn to yeah. spell. I like writing S. You I like writing See, there you go. And I think that's where people get it from. You know, they like certain shapes uh, and they like the way it. Uh, it feels to to write them out. Ask your students next time you're in class what their favorite letter is. Um, oh, right. Okay. I'll try that. See what they do. It's just uh, interesting. Uh, and and this is one way, of course, to lead into it. And if you like this kind of, um, there must be a word for it. This this graphic representation of letters. Then uh, um, there is a lot of it in nature. Um, so, for example, Time Magazine just actually just this the beginning of this year uh, published lots of photos from NASA. You know, know where they've been in space. They've been taking photos that represent letters of the alphabet. So you get a beautiful reef. Uh, you know, like in Australia, around the, the coast of Australia, the reef makes the J letter, and there's an island near Bahrain which makes a C letter. Um, and they're beautiful. I, I really, I'll, obviously, the link will be on the. Um, on the the show notes and the on the website um this kind of imagery of it and i think this is actually important for teaching you know getting these mental images of uh letters and 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 getting sense to them oh i'm i'm I'm, I'm, am i boring you yet (laughs) no not at all not at all but i'm amazed you you you're a wealth of information (laughs) on uh on the alphabet um before we go any further maybe uh let's take a little break and have a little bit of facebook uh, wisdom. How does that sound? That sounds good. A teacher affects eternity. He can never tell where his influence will stop. Henry Brooks Adams. I do like those angels. <laughs> They're great. It's fantastic. It's like a little bit of Facebook wisdom. Hey, I brought some things to the alphabet discussion too, Sean. Okay, got it. Uh, Enlighten me. First thing is a question. What? Give me a sentence which has every letter of the English alphabet. Ah, uh, that's um, the what's the example that everybody uses? The quick brown fox jumps over the lazy. I think it's dog. 
Yes, the quick brown fox jumps over a lazy dog. Oh, a lazy dog. Oops. Uh, got every letter of the alphabet and has called, I didn't know this, a pangram. Oh, that's right. I've heard that before because I know a different type of gram, but we'll do pangram in a moment. I'll do that in a moment. So, yeah, well, there pangrams, but I, I didn't realize that there were others. I always just thought there was one, but there are other ones. You want to hear them? Yeah, go on. All right. Pack my box with five dozen liquor jugs. That's just your rider for when you do a conference talk, isn't it? Exactly. And yeah. then here's another one. Amazingly few discotheques provide jute boxes. <laughs> Which is also another true. Another one. A mad boxer shot a quick gloved jab to the jaw of his dizzy opponent. And okay. finally, the public was amazed to view the quickness and dexterity of the juggler. It's, it's funny. It's, I, they sound like, you know, you know they, um, when the, the meeting between two spies. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. They should meet with, meet with pangrams while wearing a red lapel. And I'll tell you, <laughs> hack my box with five dozen liquor jugs. Nice. So what was that, the other thing you had? Well, so um, a pangram is using every letter of the alphabet, isn't it? In, uh, so if you, if you try and write something without a letter of the alphabet it's called it's called it's called a lipogram oh you mean like writing a sentence with no m yeah or no e yeah 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 i'm one of the most i think uh the, the one that seems to challenge people online is rewriting mary um mary had a little lamb you know the nursery mary had a little lamb it's fruits yeah. way to snow and everywhere that mary went the lamb was sure to go yes well so for example if you leave out the letter o uh, you get Mary had a little lamb, the bleached and chalky kind, and everywhere she went, the lamb was really left behind, and so on and so forth. So you've got pe- people rewriting, yeah, rewriting things without uh, without letters, which depending on the letter is easier said than done. I mean, obviously, the the hardest letter to leave out would be E because its uh, its uh, frequency in English is is much more. Uh, mm-hmm. Say leaving out a Z, where, or a, a Q, yeah. which are, are low ones. But that's, that, that, to try with with an advanced class, maybe not to make it rhyme, but to try to rewrite sentences leaving out certain letters. Well, apparently, it is um, creative writing um, sites and courses seem to suggest this as a way of enhancing writing because it makes you think about different synonyms and stuff like that, which I find useful. Hey, so that was that was what was that, what was that called? A lip, a lipa, a lipogram. L i p, lip as in yeah. Alpha l i p o gram. Lipogram. Lipo- so we have a lipogram, a pangram. I'm not going to remember these, but you know what else I have trouble with all the time? Oh well, I think it's just because I've also I just said synonym, and it made me think about uh, all those nim kind of words as well. Yeah, all those words like homograph, homonym, homophone, homa, all the homo words. It's it's a good job that we've got James at hand, then, isn't it? Greetings, Homo sapiens. It's your jargon buster, back again with another missive from the front line of verbal confusion. In this dispatch, I'm looking at a group of words which, while very similar, are far from homogenous. That's right, it's time to dive into homonyms, homophones, homographs, and heteronyms. Now, I don't know about you, but I always struggle to keep these definitions straight in my head. Maybe you found yourself, like me, saying, oh yeah, that's one of those um, homo, uh, homo, homo nims. I can never remember which is which. Well, today's the day we remember, friends. Okay, let's go. Our first word is homonym. This is a word which sounds alike, but has different meanings. For example, fair. F-A-I-R. 
In my concise English dictionary, this word has 10 different meanings, including reasonable, light, fine and dry, a gathering of stalls and entertainments for public amusement, and in Australia and New Zealand, unquestionable. All with the same spelling, F-A-I-R. If we think about adding the word fair to this mix, that's F-A-R-E, then we get another five meanings, including cost of a bus or train ticket and to get along. That's because this spelling of fair is a homophone, a different type of homonym that sounds alike and has different meanings, but also has a different spelling. So what then is a homograph? Well, this is a word that is spelled the same, but has different meanings, which probably sounds a bit like what I just said, but take note, there's no mention of pronunciation here. So fair, meaning reasonable, as in that's a fair price, and fair meaning light, as in he's got fair hair, are not only homonyms, but they are also homographs. But because pronunciation isn't important here, it would also include the word bass or bass, which is spelled B-A-S-S in both words, but can mean the type of fish, pronounced bass, or the thing in music that annoys your neighbours, pronounced bass. Are you still with me? Good, because there's one more word for us to learn. A heteronym is a type of homograph that is also spelled the same and has different meanings, but sounds different. In other words, they are homographs that are not homophones, which should sound familiar. That's right, bass and bass are heteronyms, as are the examples, they were too close to the door to close it, and don't desert me here in the desert. So now, after I have presented this linguistic present to you, it's time for you to produce the produce. And if you don't think I've successfully intimated this to you intimately enough, let's not row about it. Until next time, this is your Jargon Buster signing off. Thank you, James. It's clear now in my mind I go for the it. next 15 minutes. <laughs> yes, because I'll have to replay that podcast a lot to remember. I will always dread that when I'm when I'm doing kind of teacher training and you stand up to go, no, no, is it a homophone? Is it a homograph? Oh, I know. It's kind of like, ah, oh, but graph phone. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Hey, uh, how- where are we? We, we? Yes, that's right. We, terminology overload. Terminology overload. Let's talk practical stuff then. Hey, so you said you like the alphabet. Obviously, you like talking about facts with the alphabet. What about teaching the alphabet? I'm actually teaching a group of beginners right now, and I love the alphabet lesson. Like, you can do 45 minutes solid just teaching the alphabet. And with Spanish students, it's so much fun because so many key letters are really different. So, like, the English I is E. In Spanish, so that causes immense problems. E and then the A is ah, um, loads of stuff. So we end up spending tons of time on the alphabet. What about you? Do you like I, teaching it? I used to. You know what? I don't. Um, I haven't taught beginners or low levels. I think it's a, a lesson that is 
uh, attributed more to lower levels of English uh, yeah. than, than high levels. That's not to say it shouldn't be done, because, I mean, there is always sound practice. The, I mean, especially in British English, the link between the letter and then the sound is an important one to look at. But That's true. And I think also it's interesting because alphabet stuff gets neglected after beginner level. You do it at beginner, you get them all doing that and stuff. But then I, I see, uh, like, intermediate students, B1 level students, who... Who, when I ask them their email or something, they really struggle sometimes with the letters. Yeah, the, the, and I think I, you haven't practiced for for a couple of years, have you? Yeah, exactly. You know, so. And in this day, this this day and age, so I think spelling is actually probably more. Uh, it's got quite a heightened importance because we speak so much with mobile phones and that, and and so on and yeah. so forth. So actually, being able to say all those things, I think does does warrant practice. And I think we forget as well from coming from another angle. Um, I, I said before, um, one of the things that I think is important is to actually realise our differences in alphabet. So um, it, when I taught in the Czech Republic, I remembered, and I did, was doing a lot of dictionary work. You know, um, getting the students to look in dictionaries and work out stuff. But the students would uh, in Czech. The, the letter CH is a letter in itself in the alphabet. So the students look, if you give them an English dictionary and tell them to look up church, they wouldn't look in the C. Um, ah, okay. So they'd look, they'd be looking for the letter CH in the dictionary. So I think well, like at the end of the C. Yeah. So it actually is after that uh, uh, from it. So I think it's important. I think alphabet work in that sense, um, it shouldn't, we, we need to look at a different levels because it has an impact on, on other skills um, uh, with it. So, yeah. um, so what do, what's your favorite uh, yeah, game. Game. Do, you, do you spelling games? Do you do? Yeah, we do spelling games. I mean, I come from a North American education tradition, so I had spelling bees when uh, I was uh, at uh, at school, where we had to get up and you you keep going with lists of words, feasibly difficult words that no one ever needs apart from exactly that. You can find tons of lists like that. <laughs> so I do kind of modified spelling bees, but um, I also like doing things. One really simple thing that my students they like they couldn't get enough of it just saying the alphabet together, like a letter at a time or two letters at a time. So like they would sit in pairs and one would go A, B, the next one would go C, D, E, F, so on. Then they would do it three letters at a time. And then we tried doing it backwards. And that was hilarious because they suddenly, in fact, I found myself going really slow. If you try to recite the the alphabet backwards, is is actually uh, yeah it is difficult because it's one of those things you and it's also uh, it's frustrating because it's one of those things you think you should be able to do but it, but it's you're so we we don't do it that way usually no exactly uh, so uh, even yeah. if you try to do it quickly like z y and then i'm already blocking myself i remember you're being recorded <laughs> yes well that's another interesting thing uh for one of the course book i wrote uh, a beginner course book once and we had to do the recordings and i was in the studio and at a beginner level course book lots of the recordings are really you know the actors are just reading out words or numbers or letters the alphabet and we'd ask the actor to read the alphabet out slowly letter by letter um and, you know, really enunciate them because they had to be a, a repeat pause. So the students were going to be listening and repeating. The, the actor, halfway through the alphabet, forgot what the next letter was because he was concentrating so hard on his diction. So he's, he's like, because at the first, he's like, I don't need a script. I don't need a script. This is just the alphabet. Yeah, it's the alphabet. Around, I should be able to do around R, he suddenly just blanked and looked in panic and was like scrabbling around for the paper to see what the next thing to say was. It was very funny. Um, so, yeah, saying the alphabet together. Another one that I really enjoy doing is uh, and I do this with higher levels is in, when I take attendance by spelling the students names so I say s h a u n s h a u n is s h a u n here and they have to kind of listen carefully and then call out if they're here <clears throat> so that's another I've never done that that's a, that's actually yeah. good that's a good one yeah, yeah. 
But did, I guess you have to do that in a random order so people don't. Oh, yeah, no, otherwise yeah. they kind of know. So getting them, and then I get them to later on, you know, someone come up and take the attendance by spelling out spelling out the names. If you have more than 10 students in the class, that can get really long and short. That, that, that's 45 minutes filled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Now, time to go, guys. Yes, send the register. Right, homework. <laughs> Uh, also, I enjoy doing those dictations of acronyms, you know, like BBC, CIA, FBI, partly because in, in Spanish language, uh, those acronyms are sometimes pronounced not as individual letters. Oh, so, so they're right. CIA so is the CIA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the DEA is the De- the Drug Enforcement Agency uh, is the DEA. Or, so or do you the, do that with things like um, uh, com.com, those kind of stuff as well? Yeah, I mean, we I actually, you know, when you were talking at the beginning of the episode about how uh, we had other letters, um, I almost now do teach some of those symbols like dot and at as as part of the alphabet. When we yeah. do the alphabet, we always do emails. So I always include in that lesson at dot com and so on. So yeah. Dash. Uh, alphabet letters lessons also for me are a good uh, kind of remind me of a childhood because it's all those all those games you played on long journeys of valuable pra- kind of alphabet practice like I spy and those kind of things you know I spy on my little eye something beginning with um E, you know, almost forgot my alphabet. Yeah. Um so I quite like doing those things in class or I went to market and I bought and, you know, people buy things with the same letter uh, uh, with it, which is, I think is, you know, it's one of those things that you can do a lot of fun practice with uh, without a lot of, um, a lot of preparation, actually um, more than true. more than anything else. But, and I also like getting my students obviously taking photos of letters and, and uh, ah. thing, things beginning with letters. Um, you know, so you give them a letter for homework and they have to come back with photos on the phone of hey, things. That's- begin- that's going to be a great idea. I've got a WhatsApp group with one of my classes. Yeah, that works. Adults, and I'm going to assign that as a WhatsApp task during the week that uh, uh, for ah. like Monday is going to be the letter, I don't know, W. And they have to <laughs> photograph things beginning with W. Exactly. And they put them into the group. And uh, we do it as like scavenger hunts. So so oh, the ones that get so much win prices. Yeah. No. A great oh. idea. There's a team. Well, well I'll, I'll write that up as the, 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 the end of productivity came early there. <laughs> a, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, and Z. Now I know my ABC. Come along and sing with me. I'll never remember that. How does it go again? A, B, C, D, E, F, G. That'll do. No, it won't do. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P. That's a bit I'll struggle with. It's too much. Do you, mind, uh, do you mind if I give you some alphabet jokes? I'll go on. Well, actually, the first one I'm going to give you is not a joke, but it's, I think it's one of my favourite one-line... Well, it is a joke, but of, uh, it's, you know, in the Edinburgh Fringe... You've heard of the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, where yes. all the comedians go, and every year they rate the, 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 the one-liners that they have there. And this was from last year's show. Um, uh, I can't remember who said it, but I'll put it on the website. So I'm good friends with 25 letters of the alphabet... I don't know why. I think that's a brilliant one-line joke. Think about it, people. <laughs> right here you go. I'm going to give you the. I'm going to give you a question, and you can tell me the answer. Okay. So how many how many letters are there in the alphabet? Twenty-six. No, eleven. Why the alphabet? T H E A L. Okay, here you go. Uh, <laughs> oh God! Uh, All right, hurry up. <laughs> what, what letter of the alphabet has got lots of water? Uh, I don't know. The C. <laughs> oh my god! 
which two words contain the most i've only got six i'll pick my favorite six which two words contain the most le- uh yeah which two words contain the most letters um i i, I don't know post office all right one more before you get really angry at me why <laughs> why is the letter e like london why is the letter e like london john because it's the capital of England. <laughs> oh my god! Actually, that one isn't so bad. That was okay. <laughs> oh dear me. Oh dear, oh dear. I think this is the right time to call this uh, podcast <laughs> to an end. We've reached the Z's. We've, we've reached the Z's. Oh. Oh. Well, anyway, we should say that this podcast was brought to you by the letters T, E, F, and L. And that's all from me. Bye. Bye, everyone. As your commute is coming to an end, here's another idea that you can use in class. We've already mentioned quite a few activities during the episode, but here's one of our all-time favourites, the alphabet board race. Go into class and ask the students to tell you the alphabet. As they do, write up each letter on the board. Leave enough space next to each letter for words to be added later. Divide the class into teams and get them to stand in lines in front of the board. Give each team something with which to write on the board. Tell them you'll give them a topic, perhaps one they covered recently in the lesson, and they have to write one word for the topic for each letter of the alphabet. After they've written one word, they give the writing implement to the person next in line, and so on. The team can add words in any order. Set a time limit for the game. At the end of the game, the team assesses how they did, discarding any wrong answers and wrongly spelled ones. The team with the most correct answers is the winner. If you don't want to play this as a board race, you can ask students to work in small groups in their notebooks. Make sure they write down the alphabet before they start. You can find the instructions for this activity at our website, tefelcommute.com. You've been listening to The Tefl Commute, an original podcast produced and presented by Lindsay Clanfield, Sean Wilden and James Taylor. Don't miss out on any episodes by subscribing to us on iTunes and by visiting us at tefelcommute.com. question right why do we have the letter k the letter k makes a k sound but so does the letter c do we really need two letters that make the exact same sound it's the letter c that we don't need because right the letter k always makes a k sound unlike the letter c which only usually makes a k sound like in the word cat but it also sometimes makes a sir sound as in the word decide